0: With everything that's going on with the COVID-19 crisis, today's episode centers around an interesting work-from-home complication. might be new for some consultants and technologists, and that's how do you build rapport in this digital-only landscape. Welcome to the Ingram Micro Digital Transformation Podcast. I'm Mark Miller. Today, I'm joined by senior technology consultants Brandon Gritidoria and Tommy Mack. I also have Matthew White from the Business Transformation Center. Gentlemen, thank you for joining. Thank Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Listen to, to begin today's discussion. I have a quote that I'm going to read, and we're going to talk about everything that this this has to do with it. it. Says, when you have a rapport with someone, you're better placed to influence, learn, and teach. As you build trust, people are more likely to accept your ideas, to share information, and to create opportunities together. Great quote. Now, that's a quote from the Psychological Inquiry Journal from an article titled "The Nature of Rapport and Its Nonverbal Correlates." Right? So if you look at the fundamentals of rapport building, you'll notice a lot of visual techniques, mimicking, or uh, comments about appearance. The question I'm posing t- to all of you to start today's discussion is is how much of that has changed between people using webcams in their homes instead of op- uh, you know, happy hours and office visits?
1: Well, I, I, I would say that uh, the first thing that I've noticed is a lot of people are uh, concerned with their surroundings especially with video right so what your background looks like you know are your kids walking around behind you is your dog involved right or doing something weird um so i, I think a lot of people have has, that's been their primary concern is you know what are people going to think of me based on my home surroundings as opposed to you know being out somewhere at you know at a bar at an office you know, talking to clients and that sort of thing so that's, that was one of my early observations.
2: I think, you know, there was a lot of um, a, a initial points of saying like, well, what am I going to do with that nervousness, right? Yeah. Well, how am I going to fix this? And of course, think about it three months ago, you know, we didn't have the way that we could easily, sh- you know, mask our background. <laughs> we could blur it right in a sense if you were using certain, you know, video platforms, if you will. But that's a, that's a good, that's a good point, Tommy. I think that was some of the initial contention.
0: Everybody remembers that uh, that famous video a few years back with the with the guy giving the interview on the TV. Oh, the BBC, his, his kid, yeah, yeah. His, his kid comes <laughs> wheeling on in, right? Everybody remembers that, and yeah, and now we're all faced with that. Having our meetings from home, a lot of employers, a lot of companies are requiring video cameras for some of the introverts out there. Um, you know that that aren't used to or comfortable turning their their camera on.
1: Although it, it's funny that people have concerns about that in the business setting. But a a lot of people use things like FaceTime, Skype, you know, from a a personal standpoint, and no one really cares when they do that, right? So I I think we're going to see things, those lines blurring, right, between what we do in our personal lives, what we do in our business lives because of this whole COVID-19 pandemic
3: and everyone's stuck at home, Right. Those lines are certainly blurred. The interview that you mentioned, I think the big thing that threw that up in everybody's faces was the fact of the uh, other parent coming in there and pulling the child out and kind of how funny that kind of looked when they were trying to get that to happen. Uh, if yeah. that child would have just been sitting there and in the background, I don't think it would have been that big of a news story at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and I think this is what happens, right? We, we start to see this adoption where you know we have a lot of our leaders that are already very comfortable, right? There's there's that level of comfort to say, I'm fine in front of my camera, my background, I'm in my office. Everything is, you know, we have it in a controlled state. And now that we're seeing more of the new normal being that of a background of, you know, yeah, having the dog walk across the screen. I know myself, my cat kind of walks across and all you see is a little, like a little Loch Ness Monster style with the tail just walking through my video cam, right? And it, it, it now, it seems to be almost to a point of, we, we're lessening, and I, I want to say this endearingly in a sense that we're lessening the professionalism of, of our web, or at least our, our video presence, is because we're, we understand what the nature of a lot of employees um, that, that are experiencing. So their, their efforts of saying, yeah, you may not have a formal office, this just might be my living room. And we're comfortable with that now. And I think that's with, with this whole pandemic and everybody working from home, I think now our, again, trying to find a better way to put it but our i wouldn't say our standards are lower but i think we're a little bit more open to understanding people's um we have a little bit more empathy is really what i'm going after
1: yeah, yeah I, I i would say that uh, the positive at, um outcome of this is that we get to humanize our professional lives a little bit right because okay. you know we're, in, in, in our professional careers, we're out there, we're all buttoned up, you know, some of us wear ties still, some of us don't, but, you know, we're, we're very formal in a professional setting. And I think that has taken, you know, the the really true um, relationship building part of what we do out of it, right? We If we come in too professional, you know, I'm not sure if that's really a, a, the case, but um, humanizing really seeing people in their natural <laughs> environments right uh really helps with the uh, the relationship building i think
2: what's interesting too as well is we kind of just get a better feel for what that person could be like and i think that certain settings um in some of my conversations with with partners with executives you get to learn a little bit more about them which just might be sitting right behind them and i know myself i've got you know a you know, an aircraft poster of World War II aircraft, of course, course, and something that gets asked about. And it's nice that you can, you have different ways that you could break the ice because you're not necessarily sitting face to face in a formal setting. Now you have a a couple of different angles. And, you know, looking at some of the tchotchkes that they may have either behind them, around them, you might have a a different way to, you know, spur up or stir up a different type of uh, conversation. And in terms of how we're building our rapport, is that we we have a, again? It's the, getting back to that duality. You know, we understand that we're still in this professional setting. You know, we still have that you know you know that mutual respect with each other. But then you know, we also have a way that we're just trying to take it and we're just trying to relax. You know, we understand that everybody's in a different level of a situation, and that level again of that empathy that we have for others, it goes a long way. And in a couple of my conversations, it was people that I've never met before. Um, some of my partners that I've had to uh, have actually professional level conversations with. And what ends up happening is we're immediately firing up the video, right? That is like a default. And, you know, he comes in there wearing a uh, a Mets hat, you know, so you can get into certain levels of conversation. And again, you know, you might not be always, you know, sitting there with the suit and a tie, and you're trying to, of course, find the balance, right? You don't want to be the one that's so overdressed. You don't want to be sitting in there in a, a t-shirt or a hoodie, you know? So at least, again, it gives us that, it, it, it's perfect point, Tommy, is that you're, you're humanizing it. And um, with the humanization of it, with the empathy, it's now we're just able to have, I think, a little bit more candid conversations while still maintaining that professional level status.
0: You bring up an interesting point on your interactions between your vendor calls, your Uh, Ingram calls, your calls with reseller partners and clients. What's the percentage of people that are actually turning on their video during these meetings?
3: From my personal perspective, it used to be maybe one out of 20 that would have their video on and I'd have to ask everybody else to turn theirs on. And today though, lately, I'd say the last month it's been a closer to 90% of the people that are on those calls have their video just turned on automatically. And then those few other people will either leave it off because they don't want to show you what's in their background or whatever, or uh, they'll jump in eventually because they see everybody else has theirs on. It's kind of like joining the group, like everybody else is doing it. So I'm going to do it too. (laughs)
2: The herd mentality is a is a good thing. I I I firmly believe. And yeah, for me, my percentage is around I'm at around like an eighty percent. Um mainly because sometimes we're dealing with some conversations with partners that are just uh they're still on their phones or they're they're traveling because they they have some initial commitments for their family or anything like that. So yeah, for me I'm sitting around eighty percent personally in my experience.
1: Yeah, I would say I'm I'm right there as well right and to uh, to matt's point earlier a lot of people you know were uh, were hesitant to turn on their video because of hey you know uh, if i turn on my video you see some odd stuff in the background right you may come come away with odd ideas about me <laughs> i don't know right so you know people are very concerned about you know what's behind them but i think over time uh, people like like I said, it's the the humanizing the interactions, they don't care anymore, right? I mean, this is that they see that other people are okay with, you know, lowering um, uh, the inhibitions or I don't say inhibitions, I mean, lowering the, I don't know, uh, their, their sense of having to, you know, maintain the facade, (laughs) I guess. I don't know, right?
3: It's like when you have your girlfriend's parents come over for the first time. You want to make sure everything's clean, everything looks great. And then (laughs) by the time they're over for the 16th time or the 50th time, you're like, ah, don't worry about all that other stuff. They've seen it before.
2: (laughs) No more putting on (laughs) airs.
3: Exactly, exactly.
2: Well, I think too, what kind of helped, and I think some folks are having fun with it, is literally the virtual backgrounds. And a lot of different, um, you know, uh, video conferencing applications allow you to you know change them add in custom ones some of the folks are you know posting uh, a gif of their of a beach right you know so again they're just trying to keep that professional level uh conversation while just either masking what's behind them and uh it being able to just to just have a little fun with it too
1: yeah plus really you know to have fun with it is it's in this day and age, especially right now, it's it's just great for the mental <laughs>
2: health, right? <laughs> That's exactly true.
1: <laughs> because because if you can't laugh at our situation, you can end up crying.
3: <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So I mean, I was gonna talk a little bit about the nonverbal cue side of it. So when you're talking and you're using video, I mean if you're just on a phone with somebody, they're often telling you if you're in a call center to smile because people can see that smile in your voice, even though they can't see you. Well, having your video turned on just innately, you smile when people do something or when you're talking because you know that it can see you, and you're just socially trained to smile. Like that's just part of that. And when you're on just a, a phone call, it's something you have to be retrained to do. So by having those nonverbal cues be part of that conversation it's just more natural when you're on video and that's why I usually tell people turn on the video it helps us to not only get that better interaction with you but also to pick up on those nonverbal cues that may not have been there if you're just on the phone
1: no I, I totally agree with you right so the whole smiling when you're speaking even when you're on the phone right it, it the, the facial muscles changes how your your voice comes through um, but you uh, for some people, I mean, if they have RBF, right? I mean, it's, it's kind of hard for them to smile. <laughs>
2: that's perfect. Matt, you know what? I, I'll, I'll just add to this point because I, I it's all spot on, right? The, the smiling, the interactions, it's at least what you're seeing from the video. For me, I'll find, I find that being an Italian and somebody that gestures a lot, it is just very hard to pin myself to my chair while my, my, while my webcam is static. And I tell some of the customers, I'm like, I'm gonna just walk around. So if you see the back of my chair, it's just because I need to get up, I need to move around. So I haven't figured out how to solve that problem yet.
1: <laughs> Maybe you just need to switch your background to just a picture of you, right? In your chair. <laughs> That's
2: perfect. Brandon, why aren't you blinking anymore? I'm uh, sorry. Oh, is it, is it not a staring contest? Oh,
3: <laughs> that would be another nonverbal cue that uh, you don't want to give people.
2: <laughs> Good point. Yep. I, I wanted to bring back the, the whole building that you know, that rapport in our a more digitally centric world now. And what's interesting for me is I found a couple of things that, that, that may help, right? And I, I wanted to make this because my experience has been okay by by nature right I, I do have a introverted side sharing the webcam initially was a, a a contingency i i didn't really you know feel that it was you know just second nature but now obviously being more used to this we're what our third month in a sense or really second month into it is now there's no problem right the the box is ticked i'm sharing the video even for people that i'm meeting for the first time And I found a couple things with that. If you're usually the one that's leading that and you've got your camera on, most of the time you're going to have followers. And that initial uh, conversation I had with a partner not too long ago was, oh, hey, you're one of those guys. You're sharing your camera. Okay, click, turns it on. And now we have a very candid conversation. I think that kind of helps too, as well to just show the good nature that, hey, I'm here. This is who I am. This is my background, this is what I like to do. this is how I can help you out. but it's also one of those things where they may pick up on it too and then more you know be open to share their own video feed as well. And the other point that I've kind of learned on is when we deal with a lot of folks that we either one don't have a rapport with currently, I found that having a sponsor kind of helps. And by sponsor, I mean just somebody that can actually just do the introduction you know, help you out saying, hey, I just called up one of my account executives saying, I'd like to get a conversation with these folks. Haven't talked to them before. I don't know how crazy busy they are in their current climate, right? Dealing with their business, with their employees, anything like that. And they, in a sense, just do the warm introduction. We have a quick brief introductory meeting and we carry on from that. So sometimes having that sponsor can bring you into that conversation a lot easier. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. So, you know, before uh, COVID nineteen, a lot of my visits would be with account executives, right? So four-legged calls. There's no reason why that doesn't exist uh, in today's world with with video conferencing, right? They can they can always join, do a quick intro to your point, you know, five ten minutes, and then you can take it
3: off from there, right? Yeah. Thanks Tommy. From from my perspective, uh, I was doing a lot of trainings. One of my main roles is to demonstrate video conferencing type products. So me being on a call with somebody and sharing my video is not new, um but them sharing it back to me has started to become more second nature and it has helped me really just understand them better and really just create that rapport with them that much easier than having just them on a call. And also the other nice thing is I know that they're actually able to view the visual pieces that I'm trying to share with them, either sharing my screen, showing how a particular application works. Uh, You'd be surprised how many times people would get on the phone and they'd wanna have a demo of a product, but the person is just joining via phone. And you realize that very quickly when they're not on video and you ask them to turn the video on and they're like, oh, I'm actually on a phone. Well, maybe we should postpone this then until you can actually see what I'm doing here versus just sitting here and uh, talking you through something.
0: You mean you can just
1: sit and describe it? <laughs> well,
3: I could, but that doesn't really mean it's the best way of doing it.
0: <laughs> well, you have those studies out there that show that employees are X amount percentage more productive uh, when they're actually sharing their video versus versus not right
3: and that's because they're not doing a ton of other tasks they're not trying to drive somewhere else or think about something else while they're just sitting there on mute or sitting there listening to you talk versus when they're on video they know they have that uh, other people being able to see them so they're not going to be walking off and doing something else and uh, sometimes I also notice that when people turn off their video and then turn back on their video and turn off their video. You kind of wonder in the back of your head, are you walking away and doing something else or what's going on that you're getting distracted that you can't have your video on anymore? And should I be pausing my presentation while you're doing that? So do you find
0: it's any sort of distraction um, being seeing other people because on certain calls right i'm i'm very used to presenting in in person but doing any sort of presentation wise uh, over video where i can kind of see other people but i find it's a little bit more easy to get distracted working from home right you 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 have things like pets children other things within your home office or or your workspace that can distract you.
3: Yes. You have those things at work as well that can distract you. There's somebody in the cube next to you. There's uh, if you're working from a open type of office where there's a lot of distraction, maybe 30 feet away is a cafeteria. You never know. People are in these environments all the time. It's just a different type of distraction. And these type of distractions are ones that you feel more responsible for versus not. And I think that's really where uh, people just have to to take ownership of that and say, hey, um, somebody just knocked on my door. My dog's going crazy. Give me just a second. Just pause for a second. I'll be right back. And those type of things, it's the same as if you're at work And you got a call from your director, and you're talking to somebody else at your desk, you might be like, hold on one second, let me just take that real quick. And we can continue this after I find out what he wants. Like that kind of thing is just you really have to just view it in that type of perspective, I think.
0: I think we have the topic of our next podcast, which is we're going to take uh, some of the leading um, collaboration providers software and teach people how to effectively use the mute button um, because (laughs) it just seems like it's, it's pretty ineffective the way people are currently using it. It's, it's it's quite funny.
3: Yeah. And a lot of, Companies out there are starting to take that a step further with AI so that they can automatically determine what's background noise and what's not and remove it without having to use the mute button. Um, But I still find that using the mute button is a little safer because you never get thrown off mute automatically either. I like the prompts too when I'm talking and I forget to take myself off mute
2: and you literally get the prompt on your screen saying, you're on mute. Yep. (laughs) People can't hear you. Oh, yeah, Thanks. The one other piece I was going to add is in terms of, you know, getting that captive audience, when we do have people sharing their video, it does provide more of that. Like I am I, I, the onus on, let's say myself as a presenter to obviously keep myself engaged with my audience because I am at least speaking to my my camera. I'm thinking about the people that are that are you know listening in and watching what's going on. But also, too, for the folks that are sharing on the back end that are just kind of sitting there, they're, they're, again, more engaged, or at least they're, you have this, this stigma that, yeah, somebody's watching what I'm doing. And it could be a good thing.
1: Well, I, I would say that uh, people's habits are hard to break, right? Because I've been in environments before where, you know, you may be presenting in a, in a larger boardroom with a lot of people, and people are doing email, right? It happens, right? So they can... It's, it's a lot easier for them to do it when they're on, you know, a, a collaboration platform, you know, watching someone present and they can be doing email, right? Nothing's really stopping them. And their face may look the same, right? Because they might be looking at the same screen,
3: <laughs> Uh, One of the other things that I've noticed is making sure that people know that you know that they are there. And that's the same no matter if you're in person or if you're on a video conference or on just an audio conference. If they don't know that you know that they're there, they're they're going to drift and they're going to wander. If you're giving a lecture to a whole class of students or if you're giving a presentation to a boardroom, You want to make sure that you're addressing those people that are there. You want to make sure that you're talking to every single one. You're kind of making eye contact with different people. That doesn't go away when you go virtual. You still want to do that. And if you're not, you're missing out on a huge part of building that rapport with people.
2: Yeah, great, great point
1: no i i certainly agree right i mean one of the the best practices is to bring up the list of attendees right so you can you can read off the names you can associate that that name with a face right even if you haven't met that person before and then you can engage with them directly right um you know, call out a name say hey matt you know good to see you whatever right um and it brings their attention it's the same same thing when you're presenting right when you're in the meeting you're presenting you want to call out to a person, you want to make sure that they hear your message, right? Or that, you know, whatever statement that you're making or whatever topic you're talking about is most relevant to them, you want to make sure that they're actively listening. So you always call them out uh, and make sure that they're engaged. That doesn't really change with with what we're doing here uh, with with video conference.
0: That's one of my favorite things when I do presentations, you know, in person is I like, um, I like, getting a response from the audience, whether it's asking a a poll question or people to raise their hands or things like that, it gets them to look up from their laptop or or, or their phone or just look staring at their feet or the floor. It, it it kind of gets them reengaged in the conversation, uh, without even you know prompting them to right. You're you're just getting their attention back towards what your what your discussion points are.
3: And if they know that they're possibly going to be called on, they're going to be more likely to be paying attention versus drifting because they want to be ready <laughs> when you ask them a question.
0: <laughs> a lot of great interaction, gentlemen. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate all your insights. I hope you are staying safe, staying sane at home. And, uh, and I, I thank you once again for joining us. Awesome. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening in on the inaugural episode of the Ingram Micro Digital Transformation Podcast. Subscribe and stay tuned right here as we bring you IT channel and industry discussions. Throughout the series, we'll have leading experts discuss what's hot in security, cloud, and of course, all of the technology and issues that are relevant to your business and top of mind for your clients. We'll see you next time.